control. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Hello there and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast bringing you news and tech from around Ireland and across the world every Friday evening on RT Radio. Of course, you can get a first Friday mornings or anytime you like with your favourite podcasting app from Apple, Spotify, Google or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Dusty Rhodes. Coming up on the show today, uh, we're talking about the uh, the latest ban from social media. Uh, CES, a quick note about that. Uh, new phones from Google and Ireland and data and green things. Uh, joining me to talk about all of this is our Editor-in-Chief, Niall Kitson. Uh, Niall, let's start off with um, Afghanistan. I mean, it's been making the headlines all week. I think the most interesting thing about this is that as well as all of the other things social media networks have to worry about is talking about online, the Taliban is now another huge thing. Or, or rather, it has been a huge thing for a long time. The mm. social networks just have been really, really poor at dealing with these things. And now it's it's kind of like the, the horse is bolted at this stage. I mean, terror organizations like the Taliban, when they were terrorist organizations, um, I don't want to say they were given free reign, but they, they had... You know their their place on social media, if, if you know what I mean. They they were lurking around. Now that the Taliban in Afghanistan is basically the government now, um, they they have to be treated very very differently. And uh, they're not a terrorist organization anymore, much as we might despise their values. And um, they they are they are it. So one of the things the things they were doing um, with WhatsApp in in you know I don't want to say they were four times, but in the last few years was that they'd set up these channels on WhatsApp uh, where you could basically report what was going on. So if there was, you know, a transgression in a town where the Taliban had had taken over, you could actually report to them what was going on. And the idea was, you know, they would act as their own little police force and go and sort, sort out problems because somebody had reported something. Um, and in as much as it was useful, it actually was useful for people. Um uh, WhatsApp has come out and this week yanked all those all those channels, and it's sparked a very impassioned debate because you know this is a line of communication that people had you know at a very local level, but now it's at a, a, a national level uh, where you have basically taken away a line of communication to government. Um, so what does that mean? Like what what do you do uh, because it's a regime whose values you really disagree with? Um, you take away that facility to communicate. But uh, look at what happened in the states uh, during January and the lead up to January. There are an awful lot of WhatsApp groups there, um, and an awful lot of services that were coordinating. Um, I don't want to say insurgent activity, but certainly mm. protest activity um, from the right in America. You know, I, and a lot of these groups certainly had. Uh, operated like subversive organizations. So how do you deal with that? You know, uh, at a structural level, do you identify these things ahead of time and go, okay, that's it. We have an organization that is acting in a certain way. We got to yank it. Mm. Or do you look at that organization's position within a society and think, okay, they're relatively harmless or what they're saying doesn't necessarily contravene our terms of service. Let's let's move on. It's, it's not a big deal. Um, I think it's a tremendously, uh, if you look at antivirus software, there's two ways to do it. You can match uh, a virus against a database, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, for example, let's bring it into the real world. Okay, the Taliban said this, the Taliban is on our list, let's take it away. Yeah. Okay. However, for what if they weren't 
on the list, but they're still doing what they're doing. The the other method with antivirus stuff is to look at heuristics. If it, uh, if it looks like something, if it acts like something, if this is the outcome, it probably is something that's contravening mm. terms and conditions, then you take it away. Uh, and it means that you can be much more proactive in terms of how the system operates. Um, and for the last while, as far as we're seeing on social media, um, accounts in, in this sort of wholesale way have been using this sort of database model uh, or Whereas we should be looking at a more heuristic model. That way we can keep up with organizations that possibly haven't crossed that terrorist um, categorization threshold mm. uh, and be much more proactive in recognizing these things as they as they appear. What do you think? Well, uh, I think that they are acting an awful lot faster this time around. Mm-hmm. And I'm also interested to say how Facebook are kind of going, well, you're banned from WhatsApp because I kind of think aren't all the messages encrypted on WhatsApp from end to end so Facebook don't know what they're saying but they're going to ban them mm-hmm. for what they're saying but no the way you explained it actually uh, uh, was quite good um, anyway listen that's Afghanistan and it's a, a raging and changing uh, situation it was just of note that the social media mm-hmm. people are acting upon that uh, I've got a quickie for you on CES uh, which we have missed due to COVID I'm delighted to hear rumours that it is going to return next year and that's just through a story that I saw during the week to say that you will need proof of vaccination to attend which means Makes that sense. they're planning and putting it on <laughs> yep great you know uh, i will i will be there if somebody volunteers to pay my expenses <laughs> i have my search i have uh, i have picture id let's let's do this Grant, let's make this happen if you're out there you can also check out the uh, the latest teslas in, when you're in california tell me uh, mm. the tesla also in the news this week what for yeah tesla in the news uh, uh, in a big bad way if you are driving any kind of a tesla at the moment th- this affects you uh, basically tesla Tesla is under investigation in the US over its autopilot function. Uh, as we know, Tesla has this sort of um, advanced driver, um, uh, I guess. You know, it is an autopilot, but only an, uh, an autopilot in the sense that in a plane, it's still the pilot responsible for the, the takeoff, landing, uh, and all that sort of, you know, uh, anything that requires immediate attention. The idea, of course, with Tesla being that, yeah, okay, you, you've got something similar, only we, we rely on cues like, you know, uh, you're placing the road. We also have to make sure you're sitting at all times, have your seatbelt done, have your hands on the wheel. Uh, you know, we'll do the heavy lifting, but you still have to be in immediate control of the vehicle. So they'll do things like, you know, maintain the speed, uh, maybe manage some lane changing so long as the, the markings are there. But there have been some serious accidents uh, over the last few years. So a lot of the time um, it is to do with unalert drivers or road markings that, that are incorrect. But in the last few years, we have also seen 11 cases involving emergency res- response vehicles, emergency response vehicles like police cars and fire engines, mm. um, where cars on autopilot have crashed into them. And there's a couple of interesting questions because uh, we know um, the autopilot system relies on machine vision. So is it a case of flashing lights are confusing the um the algorithm's responsible, that it's confusing the system and rendering the autopilot pretty useless. Uh, that's a big problem. Uh, and as a result, Tesla might actually have to deactivate uh, the system in all their cars, which is about 765,000 cars on the road at the moment would have to have their autopilot disabled. That's an awful lot of cars. Uh, and that's an awful lot of potentially dissatisfied customers and potentially an awful lot of liability on uh, on Tesla as well. Um Interesting story. I mean, Tesla, will always, uh, their take on it is, look, this isn't a, an autopilot autopilot. I mean, you know, it's, it's designed to take the stress off you, but, you know, 
you're still in control of the vehicle. This is not a driverless car. Um, you know, it's still your responsibility. We've just created something that's very cool. Um, and you know, if you want a driverless car, well, guess what? You'll be waiting a while because there's no such thing commercially available at the moment. Um, so sucks to be you. Uh, but no, Tesla, it kind of sucks to be you as well. If you've marketed <laughs> something as being a certain way, you've kind of, I don't want to say you've over-promised, but you've created uh, that little seed in yeah. the user's mind yeah. that something is much better than it actually is. I think it's definitely a, a case of over-promising or just the marketing kind of going, look at this, you know, kind you of know. The, 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 uh, automatic everything, da 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 and then people will just assume. Because people and human beings, are, you know, me included, me especially probably, are stupid. We're, we're pretty stupid. Listen, last story today. Um, Ireland mm. are known for our history, our landscape, our music, our Guinness and our data mm. centres. And our data centres. You've got a yeah. really interesting article. So just tell me what the article is about on techcentral.ie and we'll wrap it up. Yeah, this is our blog post from uh, Billy McInnes this week, and it's it's really worth worth a read. Uh, as we as we know, data centers in Ireland it's a multi billion euro industry. But if the growth keeps going the way it's going, the, the way the industry kind of wants it to keep going, at at peak times, data centers alone could account for twenty eight percent of all the energy used on the national grid at peak time. What do we do about that? Who pays for this stuff? An awful lot. And most of it is going to services that aren't being used in Ireland. They're international services. These oh, centres are creating an awful lot of CO2. Oh, what do we do about it? Oh, you are really <laughs> stirring it up there. The article you can read uh, in full on our website at techcentral.ie. Thank you so much for the news, Niall. Remember... We keep you up to date daily on all things tech with hourly updates and daily newsletters and great blog posts like we've just been talking about on the website. You can grab it all for free at techcentral.ie. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. We're finding applications for emerging technologies like AI and blockchain in every industry and the creative sector is no different. Andreas von Estorf is the CEO of modelmanagement.com and he spoke to Niall Kitson about his platform uses technology not only to find talent but to make their careers easier to handle as well. Andres, you're an interesting creature in that you have backgrounds in both business and engineering and how do you feel one has informed the other when it comes to looking at problems you want to solve because your own experience with tech companies goes back to roughly the mid-90s, doesn't it? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I'm, uh, I started engineering before internet started. And uh, when I was finishing, internet was, was there and it fascinated me immediately. And, and I started uh, yeah, my own business in, in the tech industry. It was the first internet company. And uh, yeah, the fascination about technology plus my entrepreneurial spirit brought me to where I'm right now. So looking at modelmanagement.com, and we'll, we'll break down into the, the specific areas that make it quite interesting from a, from a story point of view and from a, a tech point of view. But uh, in identifying the kind of problem you wanted to solve, how did you spot a, a gap in the market or perhaps, you know, something that, that needed to be addressed in, a, in a, an industry that perhaps isn't noted for being, I don't want to say the most professional, but being sort of, of, of an artistic bent and maybe not as organized as some others might be? 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's uh, I think professional is not the right word. It's, it's a creative, artistic world. It's, uh, I think it's not the opposite of technology, but it's definitely not uh, the most aligned, uh, let's say, attitude of people who are creative or artists to, to look into technology. So I think it's atypical. And in my case, um, it's like many times in life, it's a coincidence. And in my case, even a big uh, happy coincidence because I met my, my wife after studying uh, my, my wife today and I met her and she, she was working as a model at that time. So she, she kind of brought me into that without any intention of a professional uh, need, but I started understanding the industry. I traveled around with her and yeah, if you're dating or later marrying a model, then you of course uh, more and more understand the industry and you see the, the defects of the industry to see that, um, that this industry needs um, a transformation rather than other industries. And, and that what happened and that what brought me to, to, to the idea to, to launch a platform uh, to democratize the markets between models and talents and, and clients on the other side. That element of democratization, I think, is absolutely fascinating because it's something that we hear an awful lot about uh, in the arts, in sort of technology, when we talk about, when we look at things like open source software that have sort of really flattened the, uh, the means and the cost of entering production that you can create an idea and bring it to fruition with relative ease compared to what it has been in the past. So how does uh, looking at career management from models tap into that same kind of mindset? I mean, do, are we looking at a problem where it's professional models looking after their profession or are we opening up the profession to maybe other looks or their voices? I mean, yeah, it's, uh, if, you, if you look at the change in the last 20 years of modeling, um, 20 years ago, it was a very exclusive, glamorous uh, profession, only accessible for very few people with the stereotype kind of body, uh, young age, uh, and, and other things. So, and even access there, it means to go to meet an agency or a so-called scout in Paris or New York. So it's also location-wise very limited. Uh, and today, um, first of all, it's not as glamorous and as, as a niche anymore. Um, it's, it's quite broad. So you have many more profiles in, in fashion and in com and commercial ads, uh, from any kind of age, body size. Uh, so it has opened a lot. And also regionally or lo from location wise, it doesn't really matter where you are because if you have a tech, uh, a platform and you have a mobile phone or internet access, you can just start your modeling career from wherever you are in the world. So at the end, any person suddenly gets success uh, to, to start modeling and there's a huge demand for that. Uh, probably I mean, if you see, look at Instagram, how big that is, it's more or less a, a modeling platform because I mean, people on Instagram, they, they, they show themselves in front of the camera and there's this kind of, yeah, I want to be seen and, and, and modeling is the same. I want to be seen and ideally want to be paid for it. Um, so on the other hand, the same happens to customers. Uh, 20 years ago, the customers who could afford models was just very few big brands um, with big budgets. And, and right now, any kind of brand, any kind of product can be advertised and has to be advertised on social media with smaller budgets, which means the amount of content to be created is much, much higher than 20 years ago. And uh, also here, we have a totally different uh, scope of customer type from the big brands to very small customer from being in the main capitals like London or New York, but being in any kind of village. And uh, I think this is what what technology can, can solve, just make it easier, more accessible. And that's where the democratization comes from, for any player on both sides of the platform to participate. 
So let's look at the, those both sides of the platform, because effectively you're playing matchmaker uh, initially. So and this is powered by artificial intelligence. So take us through the process, say, from a, a client's perspective. They, they've got a job that they want to do and they're looking for somebody with maybe a certain amount of experience or maybe in the locality or, or anything like that. Yeah, this is again something that I experienced myself uh, just uh, from, from my own family and, and then I learned and, and could apply to, to, to the reality. So when, when a customer looks for a model, uh, normally they have a very special uh, image in their mind. They see already the final result. They don't like, okay, I need this, this girl, this guy. I need somebody who sits, uh, or, or sits on the beach or whoever watches or, or surfing on the beach or sits in a restaurant and eats something. So they have a very clear idea what they need and this someone ideally has a tattoo and has a beard and uh, what happened in the past with model agencies they would send uh, some people that they know maybe that could fit they have a beard and tattoo but then they send pictures like this set card the typical like famous set card which is a card with a front shot of the head and then you have some other pictures on the back or uh, where you could find maybe a picture of a tattoo or of a beard but you have to look for it and and we turned this around. We said, okay, we use, uh, we have 10 million images right now on the platform. We have 100 to 200,000 new images every month. Uh, we, we changed, uh, to host these images on Google Cloud. Uh, and Google Cloud allows us to use their AI technology. Um, so automatically every image that we upload, uh, can be, uh, categorized and tagged by certain elements of the image. So now if a customer looks for, let's say, a guy with tattoo, 20 to 30 year old, uh, on the beach, uh, we can find these images. Um, so we offer first, um, the image as a result. So the customer can see, okay, that's, that's a great guy. That's a great guy because his tattoo is on the beach and so on. And then they click and then can see who's the model behind it, which like is, is a game changer in the way of looking for, for people. It makes it much more efficient, much more, um, yeah, much easier, uh, to, to find what you want. I suppose, yes, that, that does indeed remove the elements of kind of serendipity that a, a, a scout might rely on or, you know, the, the element of a, an agency pushing their, their own people who, who might actually be a bit of a square peg uh, in a round hole. But that's not to say that agencies and professionals uh, don't have a role to play here, do they? No, they have, of course, they have a role to play. It's always a mix between technology. Technology has to make the life of the professionals easier um and and they have to concentrate on what they're good at uh, a talent manager um, an agency or an agent is good at managing people so uh, he, he or she can find maybe the superstars or, or help people to manage their career um but they're not good in handling a lot of data or uh, or other tech aspects so if we if we offer a technology it makes life easier for everybody and we also include all players we include freelance models, people who don't want an agent, but we also include models who are working with an agent and we include agents and we include the customer who wants to work with an agent or wants to work directly with a model. It's like in real estate, when you go on a real estate platform, you can buy your house directly from the owner or you can buy it from a real estate agent. At the end, the customer wants the best house or the best apartment and he doesn't care maybe about who is the intermediate. But if you're a real estate agent or in our case, a model agent, you, you should have a better offer because on top of you have more houses than one and you have uh, you understand the customer's needs. So you can charge money from the customer just because you give an additional service. And that's what, what an agent has to do. And again, technology only has to support that process. 
So I guess once we get past that matchmaking stage where the, the AI has done its job, we, we get into that sort of the nitty gritty, the, the contract management element of things, which is, which is very important, but both at the client and at, at the model side. So this is where we get into blockchain and smart contracts. So take us through what happens. An agreement is made between a client and a model that something is going to happen on day X. You have a certain look. You're going to charge a certain amount of money for this. What happens at that stage and thereafter? Yes, correct. Um, yeah, I think that uh, most of people are aware that when you talk about modeling or finding models or talents or, or whatever you call them, people who are who you need to be in front of the camera to represent your product or service, um, the most important thing is the matchmaking. And uh, that's why we use AI to make it very easy and fast to find people wherever in the world who match exactly to what you think is best for representing your brand or your product. Um, but when this is done, when you find the person, it's not the job is not done. And also model agencies or talent agencies are not stopping there. The, the, the next step is making a, an agreement between the customer and the talent about what are they doing together? What is the job about? Where is it? And most importantly, what is the usage of the produced image or video? And, and that's where... Um, a contract has to be has to be made. Um, in, in the case of an agency, that's something they they have the knowledge, they have lawyers, they help you to do that. So the model doesn't have to really care about it. But now, if you talk about a, a platform where it's like an auto service, uh, people should just uh, do the things, and, and the rest should come from the platform. We have prepared a way where it's automatically creating this contract uh, because we have the data from the customer, we have the data from the model, and when the customer uh, is searching for the for the talent, the customer has to put the details, like when is the shooting, how long will the day of work be, and what are the images or videos uh, produced, uh, used for? Is it one year in UK, or is it five years in Europe or worldwide? And depending on the usage, um, the price changes. And um, so all this information, we put it in, into, a, into a digital contract um, so that both have, have a read and can see what was agreed and they can sign it digitally, which can happen either in the like, old traditional uh, digital way in a kind of DocuSign where you uh, get, a, get this contract from the platform and you sign it with your finger or whatever you want and then you get a PDF. Uh, but you can also uh, choose uh, uh, smart contract, uh, blockchain-based, which uh, which happens not so much because it's it's only for people who are really tech and who, who love to do that. It's, it's an early player pioneer uh, service. But anyway, at the end, we uh, we end up having a contract between the model and the, the customer that protects both sides, protects the customer to make sure that he can use the image uh, legally and it protects the model to make sure that it is only used for what is paid and not used for other things, especially not political statements or tabac or whatever you don't want to stand for. So uh, that's that's a part of the, of the contract. And then comes the payment, uh, which is another step, the last step after the job is done. And the payment uh, will be done and is, is done always on time by our customers because they have a legal valid binding contract closed a digital contract and they have uh, with the platform they have an arbitrage in between so models who maybe are uh, if they would do it on their own let's say they would be casted through instagram uh, they sometimes have problems to to fight to get their money or to fight to get their rights and on our platform they can rely on on, on our contracts and then on us to to defend to get their money 
So you you have that sort of uh, that end to end thing. You've the the matchmaking, the contract management, and and then the payment management as well, which all comes together very very nicely. But these these are all technological solutions to a quite a quite a human problem. You know, you're de- you are dealing with a certain kind of creative personality, as as you said initially, which is where the the idea of community comes in because you don't necessarily want to be uh, a talent that's just out on their own. You you do want to re- sort of have your peers to fall back on, a specific, uh, particularly if you have a, a, a certain look, sort of a, a, I suppose, what they might call an, an alternative of look that would suit certain campaigns, but definitely not others. So where do you see the role of community coming into play here? Yeah, first of all, I think um, opening it to a community. I mean, if you have, if you have, which is a fact, many, many people in the world who would love to work in front of a camera as, let's say, a model. So let's define the model as a word that not means only the catwalk in New York and the super beautiful people on uh, Victoria's Secret. A model is a person who stands in front of the camera and who gives away the right to use his or her image for a brand or a service to advertise. And that's that's very broad. And uh, with a massive um, demand of content creation right now with all these channels of social media or classic and traditional channels, um, it's huge. So you need, if you want to be a significant platform or player or service, you want to solve a problem, uh, you need to have the best possible and broadest offer for the customers. It's like Amazon. Why do you go to Amazon? Because they have everything. And uh, the same that we try to do. We try to have every kind of talent available in the world for any kind of shoot from the big, big hero campaign to a small social media campaign in a small village or to a big city. And and that's where, uh, yeah, community plays because uh, it's, it's community recommends other people. So if you need special special type of persons um, and we don't have them, then we ask the community to, to find them for us. Um, the community grows organically and the community also um, has a sort of internal regulation. So we also have uh, like reviews, customer and, and talents can leave reviews about each other. Um, so also the community here, it becomes kind of an arbitrage and a kind of a, yeah, an instrument where you can rely on uh, if you want to work with somebody that uh, based on the community reviews and, uh, and the power of the community, you just um, yeah, are safer in what you, what you do. This sounds really interesting from the perspective of somebody, yeah, that wants to get into modeling, that, that wants to try it. And perhaps, you know, for the, for the small photographer, for, for maybe the sole trader, for, you know, the, the casually employed to actually want to, you know, maybe further their own career. Um, however, it really comes down to the power of the brands that are involved in something like this in order to make it really commercially viable. So what sort of brands are you working with? Um, yeah, I mean, if you want me to drop some, some names of brands that are known worldwide, because I mean, I'm in Barcelona, you're in Ireland, I don't know who, who listens to us. Um, we do have the, the big brands that everybody knows, like Desi Wild or Mango, H&M and, and, and Fashion, Zalando and e-commerce, or also car brands like uh, Nissan, Mercedes-Benz or BMW. Um, or sports brands like Nike or Adidas, uh, you, you name it. I think all these brands have been in touch uh, at least once uh, with model management because they found they need to find a very special uh, profile or or we just had what they what they need and some some uh, do it more frequently. Um, but I'm I'm proud of that. But I'm also proud that we have this long tail. Um, and the long tail means we don't have only this like top brands who who have a lot of money and they, it's good to have them. But the bigger 
business in, in, a, in a quantity and the sum comes from from smaller mid-sized companies from from as you said photographers individuals production companies casting directors people who uh, who just use us as a tool to to solve their problem and to find things faster easier um, and I think they they would be worth mentioning as much as the Desic Worlds and the Nikes, but nobody knows their names. So thank you to these big amount of customers who use modelmention.com. And that was Niall Kitson chatting with Andreas von Estorf, the CEO of modelmanagement.com. That's it for our show for this week. Do remember you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more, uh, which you grab at our website techcentral.ie or listen to us each week online or Fridays, of course, with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dusty, and from Niall Kitson, thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.